Welcome to the Social Media Mindset Podcast. Social media is hard, but trying to do social media as somebody else is impossible. Do you struggle with imposter syndrome? Do you hate seeing yourself on camera? Are you unsure of what platform to be on and how often to show up there? Well, join the club. On every episode, you'll hear a real life person talk about their successes and struggles on social media, how they overcame their own insecurities, and they'll give practical insight for you to apply today. So if you're ready, let's start the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Social Media Mindset. And it's exciting when you have enough episodes that you can start bringing back on your favorite and the best guests from the previous 100-plus episodes. And and so this this lady needs really no introduction at this point, but, but I'm going to introduce you anyway because you, you are a giant of Instagram. You are one of the fiercest humans that I know, much less a uh, fierce woman. Um, you're a mom now. You weren't a mom, I don't think, the first time you came on the podcast. And you also just happen to be one of my favorite people on the planet. And I am joined by none other than Michelle Berman. Michael, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. I wish I could hug you and say thank you in real life, but we'll talk about that on this. We but will. Thank we'll- you so much for having me. You are so welcome. We we have so much to talk about. There's so many listeners to the show now that, that may not actually know you yet, so I'm super excited to kind of reintroduce you to my audience. And yeah. I know you, like, we can't jump into this episode without having a conversation about Inman, because you and Tiffany, y'all, y'all just got back from Inman in New York City, and... uh I was so I had to live vicariously through all of your stories and posts and 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 I'm, I I still have such FOMO for for having not been there with you guys. But I want to just talk about like how was it? Are you glad you went? What were your biggest takeaways? What can we learn as as people that weren't there? Let, let's talk about Inman. Yeah, we. Oh my gosh, to all the things we took away, right? I think that there's a multitude of different ways to look at the experience. You know, four days, five days away from our babies was was certainly a challenge. But I yeah. think the, the point of why we went was very apparent to us. Um, and lots of big takeaways for me. And, and I'll talk on both sides of it. So, you know, as a business owner for more on the vendor side, obviously, of the real estate and the mortgage community, um, you know, we have a different lens when we go to things like this because we're looking at it from a little bit of a different end game. We're not actually selling real estate. So one of the things for me sitting in the room and listening to all the speakers and doing all of kind of the legwork that everyone else would do when they're there, kind of the point, um, you know, we're sitting in the rooms, we're listening to the breakout sessions, and there were a couple of things that were just super apparent for to me and, and for a lot of people, which is that. The real estate community is so diverse and that's so beautiful. Uh, you know, you have the the CEO of Compass standing on stage or, or sitting on stage talking and he's a very animated guy. He's he's really easy to listen to. He's incredibly intelligent, makes very, very good points. And then you have the CEO of EXP, which is a polar opposite business model, truly yeah. sitting and complimenting him for, for complimenting the Compass gentleman for, for his 
while also saying like why I think ours is better. I think there was also a big conversation around working from home versus being in the office and kind of the value of, of what that means. And I think it truly came down to unanimously across the audience. It was more about the community and the people you surround yourself than whether or not you were physically in an office or whether you were not. Um, because I think that the EXP argument is, you know, if we find a community of other EXP agents in our city, then we kind of are our own little niche, if you will. And then same thing on the flip side, right? If I'm a, a compass agent and I walk into an office every single day, it's not about the office, it's about the people. So I think that became really apparent is every real estate agent is different. They all need something different and you have to be willing to just go find what you need and yeah. kind of shut the noise out. So that was one side. Um, the, from my perspective, you know, we're really, really big on creating content and, and how people have conversations on Instagram specifically. And I'm sitting in the sessions and one of the, the chief marketing analysts for Redfin, she's brilliant, truly. Um, and she was sitting on stage and she was talking about all of this market data and, and different things. And the way she said it was just very intuitive. And I'm sitting there rapid firing, taking notes, thinking, this is a value series. This is a value series. This is different ways for our agents to be able to talk about things that they like talking about in a very, very different way. Um, and that's really attractive to me. But one of the things, um, and I'll tie this part up, one of the biggest takeaways I truly have, and I think that everyone needs to listen to when they hear this, is when we're producing content on social media, it's not for us, right? So a real estate agent, you're producing content, you're like, oh, I'm producing content, uh, here's all my listings, here's all the market data, here's the, yep. the average list price in my city, all of that crap nobody cares about. And I think the problem is that real estate agents have gotten so focused on creating content for them that ultimately is really just more so for other agents. And they've forgotten about who is the person that's actually in, in the transaction. It's the buyer and the seller. So we have all of this stuff out there, right? We have all this technology. We have all these amazing new tools that every real estate agent can use and all these different vendors that are selling these incredible products designed to make the realtor's life easier, not the buyer and seller. Right. So I think right. that that's really was really apparent to me is we have to get back to the foundation of why we produce content. And it's to allow a buyer or a seller to look at our content and say me too and see themselves in that experience and realize that you, the agent, can make my life as the buyer or seller easier instead of the agent being so hyper focused on all of this tech and like the white glove service. Like, what does that mean to the buyer or seller? You know? Right, one hundred percent. And I want to, I want to go back for a sec because you, you said it very quickly because it's what you do every day, and and I know it because you and I are friends. But you mentioned sitting in the room, going, "That could be a value series. That could be a value series. That could be a value series." Talk to us about like what when you say that could be a value series, like what does that mean, and why does that matter, you know, to the person listening to this episode. Yeah, so a value series for, for those of you guys, you know, who aren't aware of kind of what the term is, it's just a, a, a phrase or a term that I've coined over the years where you take one topic and you break that topic down into five individual questions. Each of those five questions is its own post. So essentially the entire month you're talking about one thing and you're putting a magnifying glass on it and you're getting way in the weeds and you're essentially establishing your credibility instead of every time you go to post something of value, it's, well, what can I talk about today, right? And you kind of run out of ideas. So 
sitting in the audience listening to all of these different perspectives and listening to all of the different stuff about the market and things about hope and why like truly the word that buyers and sellers are in so much search of right now is hope, right? We need to feel this emotional connection to what's happening. Um, and I, I probably took 15 or wrote down 15 different topics that somebody yeah. could break down into five sub questions and create to your point videos or even still images, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, so it, value series is a way to really establish credibility talking about real estate without selling anything and, and it, without and it's, white white. and it's huge because to go back to what you said, the value is, the value is about what you, the agent can give to the consumer not what you can get from it, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. so before we hit record, you know, Michelle, we were, you and I were talking about how Inman really helped you see how many people still aren't valuing the virtual relationship. Yeah, and so talk about like let's just talk about it at its core. Like, why do people still seem to undervalue the virtual relationship? And then what did you see at Inman as you began meeting so many people that up to then you'd only talk to through social media? Yeah, so twofold, right? And I think you and I are the perfect people to have this conversation together, right? Because we met yeah. virtually. We've obviously met in real life many, many times since then. Um, but our relationship was developed and established virtually and right. in, in my line of work, in your line of work, most of our relationships are developed virtually because of the nature of what we do. Um, and so I think most real estate agents and traditional or even mortgage professionals, both for this conversation, they are so programmed to focus on in-person, in-person. I have to shake this person's hand. I have to do these events. I have to um, you know, do an open houses so I can meet people and shake people's hands. Um, and create this relationship with these buyers and sellers that they devalue the ability to do the same thing online, right? So they yeah. think that a relationship built in their DMs on Instagram is not as valuable to them or not as likely to turn into business as a relationship that they would initially create in real life. So that's kind of the first piece, right? They don't spend as much time or as much energy establishing relationships virtually because they don't see it as being as important. And that's a huge problem because you and I are great examples of this. I mean, I could name 15 uh, right off the top of my head of relationships I've built virtually that when you take it into the real world and we do get to see each other in real life, it's like super glued together. Like there's no question that we're great friends and that, you know, we're going to do a lot of stuff together throughout our life. Right. Um, but you and I value virtual relationships. So we spent time building the virtual side of it. And then when we did get to meet in real life, we're like, oh my gosh, this is just as easy as it was. And um, at Inman, I had a client who I've known for a very long time, mutual friend of ours, Dave Finale, um, who What's reached up, Dave? out. Yeah, he reached out and said, uh, hey, I'm going to come up and see you guys at Inman. And, and I had just had a coaching call with him the week prior. So I told him we were going and he wasn't sure what he had going on that week, whatever. So he sends me a text message and he's like, Michelle, I'm coming up. And I was like, amazing. I can't wait to take you out to dinner. Like, just let me know what day and he goes, well, you pick what day. So long story short, he ends up walking into the hotel on Tuesday, um, which is the only day that we didn't have a dinner planned. So it worked out perfect. Um, Dave is waiting for us in the hotel lobby when Tiff and I get back from having cocktails. 
Um, and he's Dave. He's the exact Dave that we had had relationships with virtually, right? I'd never met Dave in real life. It was all through Zoom, but he's been a coaching client for a year and a half. Um, and the best part about this is that my relationship with Dave virtually was so strong that when we met in real life, he immediately introduced us to a couple of people that he felt like really needed to know us. So when we walked in, he was talking to a gentleman who um, happens to be the CEO of Breakthrough Broker, Eric Sachs, um, and said, Michelle, I want to introduce you to this gentleman named Eric. And I was like, I don't know who, I know a Breakthrough Broker, but I've never met Eric. Um, And my virtual relationship with Dave brought into real life gave Dave the trust in me and the confidence in me to say to Eric, Eric, you need to meet this person. And so, you know, obviously new relationship is built and and new relationship exploring or being explored currently. Um, But had I not spent, here's the point I'm trying to make. Had I not spent as much effort or time or given Dave as much love as we have over the last year and a half virtually, that he never would have felt confident introducing me to someone like that, right? Who he right. has a phenomenal relationship with. And that's Yeah, well of- so so I want to break this down for the for the people that are listening that don't use this the way you and I do because right, you you and I will continually call each other one of each other's closest friends, yet we've only been in the same room together I think four times. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so it's not like, oh, yeah, we went to high school together. Like, we went to college together. Like, our, our spouses were best friends. And then we became a, like, it's almost been exclusively done virtually. Most of my referral partners, most of your referral partners are people that we've spent very little time physically in the same room with. Mm-hmm. And so, this is a massive opportunity that most of our industry is completely kind of Heismaning. And pushing away because, you know, I do it chest to chest or shoulder to shoulder. And I, so for the person that's like, okay, guys, I get it. Like you're beating a dead horse. Like, what do I need to do? Right. So what, what would be a practical step for someone that's really not looking at social media for real relationships the way we use it? What's a great first step for them to just start? Yeah, I could go in 47 different directions with that question. Let's go. But I will, the way I'll say it is spend time engaging every single day, right? Not on people who you're necessarily already connected with. There's a day for that. But the way that my team and I, and, and kind of the the power behind my program, the Instagram Power Method, and the the philosophy behind it is building psychological connections with those on the other side of an Instagram page. Right. So as an agent or as a mortgage professional, who is your ideal person that you want to do business with? Most people still to this day, whether they've been in the industry five years, 10 years, 30 years, still don't know how to answer that question, at least not well. Yeah. Um, So we have to figure that out or they have to figure that out. And then what you have to do is you have to go find them every single day. You have to intentionally prospect on the platform. So uh, the methodology that we use and, and the structure that we teach is 4520. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're doing 45 comments and 20 story replies every single day. Now, why is it not 45 and 45? The answer is that when you're going to people's accounts and you're trying to execute a comment on a piece of content, uh, the idea would be that that same person who you left a comment on their feed post, if they also have a story post live, then you would also leave a story reply that ends up in their DM. So that person's more likely to then interact with you or engage with you because not only did you comment on their feed, but you also took the time to read their story or watch it and and leave a genuine reply. 
Um, so not every person that you're going to engage with is also going to have a story. So that's why it's not 45, 45. It's, it's in theory, if at least half of them that you're engaging on sure. something on their content, they have a story, that's a win. So that's the 45, 20. So if you're I executing 45, 20 every single day, um, you're essentially prospecting. You're having 45 yeah. conversations every single day with new people. Now, one of the days on your, of your week needs to be what we call a re-engage list, which simply means go back to people you already know. So for me, that's going to be, I need to re-engage with Kyle. I need to re-engage with Bill. I need to re-engage with Mark. I need to, I need to re-engage with the people that are already really influential in my career um, or re-engage with people who are hot leads for me, right? So people who are interested in hiring me to speak, hire or buying us for buying the course from us, becoming a VIP client. Like I have a list of who those people are, right? And so on my re-engage day, I'm re-engaging and it doesn't have to be about work. Matter of fact, most of the time it's not, right? Right. Most of the time it's about how's your dog or, oh my gosh, I know you guys just got back from New York. How was that? Right. So it's just being a person and saying, Hey, I'm still here. Don't forget about me without saying that. Um, so that would be my short answer to your question. So on your, on the 45, 20 days, am I supposed to also like follow them in that, like during that first interaction, am I following them right then? Am I waiting a little while? Like what's that look like? Yeah, you're waiting. Um, I, I don't want anyone to just go on a follow spree. I think that's a huge okay. problem. Um, lots yeah. of people are just follow, 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 follow. And they're, they're missing the point of what the platform is. Create connection yep. first. Let it be very organic. Um, you know, if that person follows you, then engage with them a couple more times. And if that conversation goes where it needs to go and or where you think it might go, then yeah, yeah follow them. But the reality is, is that I think people get a little too follow happy. I, I completely agree. And the... The beauty of, of what you just taught, you're using that, like for you, your business, the Instagram power method, obviously you're teaching that inside the confines of, of Instagram, but you could take that strategy to anyway. Facebook. If you enjoyed Facebook, you could take it to TikTok, you could take it to LinkedIn, right? Anywhere that can be done. It's powerful. Thousand percent. It doesn't matter where. So... Because you are the, the the queen of 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 Instagram, you know, I just saw recently the I think it's the CEO. I don't know. It's one of the big the big people at Instagram. But they essentially just came out and said, Hey, we went way too heavy with video and and so we're we're pulling back this year and trying to find balance and so pictures now matter more than they mattered last year. What is that supposed to mean to us as people using Instagram to connect and hopefully get business there? Yeah, it's a really good question. And it's actually been a long time coming, I think, in general. Um, yeah. I have always been a fan of still image content. I still believe that there is an, an enormous amount of power in it. And I think it's more about, again, the story we tell and the caption we write than it is necessarily about the image, but an image can tell a million words, right? It can, it can really share a yeah. story with someone without having to do anything. Now, the value of video is obviously someone gets to hear my voice, they get to listen to how I talk. Uh, the idea is that they feel our passion as it comes through, they can see our mannerisms, they can feel very connected to us in a, in a very unique and very special way, as if they are with us in real life. That's the point of video. Yeah. Um, but lifestyle content in the form of still images 
again, allows you to lean on the copy side. So maybe you hate video, right? Maybe you really struggle at getting your point across in video. You get very nervous, you're sweating, you don't like the way your hair looks, like whatever the million reasons as to why you're still not doing video. Um, but if you have a, a creative knack for writing and you really love sharing who you are uh, in that form, that's going to come across, right? As long as you are taking the photo, if you're using the caption properly or the, the opportunity to write that caption properly, uh, it's going to come across. People are still going to feel that. Um, so people will get both sides of you, right? I think the, right. the things that people can read from you and I in a caption, they can feel that same level of love and sure. passion that we have for them, just like they would in a video. So I want to I wanna ask you about the copy because... Right. This is this is what you're saying, that the picture itself is fine. But if I just post a picture with like four emojis on Instagram, like that's not going to set the world on fire. So, I mean, whereas years ago, that is what set Instagram on fire was literally the image. Now it's about the story we tell behind the image we show. And you guys through Instagram power method, you y'all do an incredible job copywriting for your for your VIP clients. And so what, what's a tip you could give for somebody that's like, I'm not a writer, like that's not what I'm good at, that, that could help them just get 10% better at, at writing copy? Super easy. And this is what I tell every single person. Imagine you're picking up the phone and calling your best friend and you're telling your best friend about the picture you just took or the experience that led to the picture. That is your caption. Write your caption as if I'm picking up the phone and saying, Kyle, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to tell you about this. I have to explain. Like last week was just so insane. Da, 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 right? I'm literally telling you the passion I have for this picture. Yeah. That is your copy. And I think people overcomplicate it so much, right? And it's not that hard. But the other half to that is once you write it, read it out loud, right? Mm. So as you're getting ready to post it, that's an important step that a lot of people miss. And I'm going to use Dave Finale as an example because he'll love me for, for calling him out on this. But um, he has been incredibly bad in the past at yeah. making his copy make sense to someone who's reading it, right? In his brain, it makes perfect sense. Sure. It's, in his brain, it's like this amazing story, this blah, blah, blah. But then you read it and you're like, Dave, that did not come across in that caption, like <laughs> at all. So one of the homework assignments for him has been write the caption the way that your brain is telling you to write it and then read it out loud. Once you read it out loud, you're going to catch all of the spots that need breath or that need an extra word or maybe need uh, an extra sentence above it because it you need some clarification or some background to why you made that statement or you you know phrased the question or whatever. Sure. Um, and it's been, you know, I would say he's 50% better at least, but it's taken him a while and that's okay. It's yeah. better and better is better than not better. So, but the, and the, and with the bottom line, cause we, we both love Dave. This is actually, that's Dave's hat right there from when I was on his podcast. Um, the power of, of Dave's story is that though Dave was bad at it, he was still doing it. Mm -hmm. And we just know so many people that the minute that they don't know what they're doing, or the minute they just want to say, like, oh, I'm just not good at this. You're good at this. It's just so easy to quit this stuff. Like, even the, the 4520, that, that's hard work, right? Like, it's not hard to do it one day, 
but then you stack it on top of the next and on top of the next, like that gets exhausting. There are days that you don't want to do it. And yeah. so what, what mindset, Michelle, like what mindset needs to be strengthened to help people get better at social media in your opinion? Well, 1% every day, half a percent every day. Like, and, and uh, our other mutual friend, Mark Perkins, uh, I accidentally ran into him in the, the cafe at the hotel during Inman. And I actually had to do a double take because I hadn't seen him in a hot minute. So I was like, wait, is that Mark? Um, and then I did. And, and of course, we spent the whole rest of the trip doing things together yeah. over the next four days. Um, that's probably where your FOMO came from. Let's be honest. Um, 100%. But Mark's a badass. Um, but Mark and I had had, we had multiple conversations and, and he one night bought Tiffany and I $30 worth of carrot cake and we sat in the lobby of the hotel until two in the morning, truly just talking about this exact question. And it really comes down to one thing um, and, and I, a big book that I'm a huge fan of. It's called Grit, written by Angela Duckworth. And it talks about the, the specific story that I'm going to mention is about Green Berets, right? So it's about okay. soldiers who on paper, when they go into Green Beret selection, there's naturally kind of this thought of like natural selection on paper. This person's physically incredibly in or incredibly ready for this mentally. He would pass any psych evaluation. Um, he comes from a great background. He, da, 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 da. Like on paper, this person is like, no way he's not making it through selection. No way. Right. And then you have the other guys who are kind of not from the best upbringing, don't have the best nutrition. Um, maybe they're not, really uh, good in school. So they're not necessarily good on like the book side, yeah. um, but they have this one thing and it's called grit, right? They're unwilling to quit when shit gets really hard. Mm. And yeah. that was something that became very apparent to me in this entire week when I was at Inman is the agents who have survived over the last year and a half of things just either being wildly good or wildly bad. And, and the pendulum swung to both sides, the people who are still around and who will be around, which I think the number going around is that something ridiculous, like 40,000 agents are not going to renew their license when, you know, by the end of the renewal period this yeah. year, which is, that's a massive number, right? But what are those 40,000 people missing? And hopefully nobody throws tomatoes at me or sends me a nasty email or DM. But the reality is that those 40,000 people are missing that. They're missing yeah. the, I don't have a backdoor to my life. This is what I have chosen is to be yeah. a real estate agent and to, or to be a mortgage professional, which honestly mortgage probably had it way harder than, than the real estate community. In my opinion, um, we, at least, I don't know if you saw that, but I definitely on my side for my clients, we saw a bigger hit on the mortgage side than on the real estate side. Yep. without question. Yeah. M me, us too. 100%. And not because they didn't love us, but because truly they're like, I need my business yeah. to stay afloat. Right. Right. Yep. So, um, the, the word grit is where it comes to into this conversation. What is the mentality that someone has to have? Read the book grit and you'll know exactly what the mentality is and whether you have it or don't. Um, and I think that becomes a part of the conversation is if you are going to make it through the pendulum of the real estate or the mortgage industry, you have to be willing to say, I don't have an option. I don't have the option to not be on Instagram or to be on Facebook or to be on whatever platform. I personally don't enjoy TikTok but there are a lot of people who have crushed it there. Go for it, right? Yeah. Um, you have to be willing to buy in and you have to be willing to say, I am good at relationships. So I have to view the relationships I build on social the same way I would in real life. 
and not give yourself the excuse of this is just something I'll get to when I have time to get to it. You don't have that yeah. luxury anymore. Point blank. 100%. And I, I, I went ahead while you were preaching and I, I Googled uh, Angela Duckworth quotes. Yeah. And like, I just want to read a few of these out loud and, uh, and then you just choose which one you want to go dominate. Um, enthusiasm is common. Endurance is rare. Our potential is one thing. What we do with it is quite another. As much as talent counts, effort counts twice. Like, that's just fire. Mm-hmm. If, so, you read, if you haven't read that book, I mean, you don't have to be in any particular industry. It will just change your viewpoint on life. <laughs> so I think it's interesting to turn this corner because as we're talking about grit, determination, effort, like just keep going. Stop looking for the easy way out. Stop looking for the technology that's going to save your butt and give you half your week back. Like, just go for it. Mm-hmm. And then, ta-da, here comes chat GPT that, that everybody, like, we're like, we don't even have to do anything anymore. We just go to chat GPT, and we just type in, like, hey, write me an article about four ways to increase my home value. Ta-da, look at me. I just wrote a blog post. So we, we were talking about this before we hit record. Like, what, what's your opinion of, of this, this AI that's showing up that, that is so-called replacing kind of the human element in a lot of people's opinions? What do you think about it? Yeah, I, the perfect way to say this is probably not going to come out right, but I'm going to try. So you have the ability to automate yourself out of a relationship truly. And it, and it might mm. ruff, ruffle some feathers by me saying that, but the reality is that relationships are everything, right? So are you taking the time to build a relationship correctly in doing so? So you can certainly automate your way into a relationship, or I'm sorry, you can certainly um, automate yourself out of a relationship, right? But you can't automate yourself into one. Does that make sense? Let me see 100%. if I can yeah, say makes it, total sense. Say it better, but it's, you can't automate your way into one, but you can definitely over automate yourself out of one. That's the better way of saying it. Um, so I'll say it again. You can't automate your way into one, but you can certainly over automate yourself out of one. Um, and that's the point. So while I believe that chat GPT is a really, really good tool, for people who are sitting there saying like, I need an idea. Okay, so I'm supposed to write an article about X, Y, Z. I need something to just yeah. like, I need some examples so that I, my brain will start firing, right? As writers, for you and I both, writer's block is a real thing. It happens all the time. Yeah. We have yep. this brilliant idea and we look at a Word document and we're like, shit, I have no idea how to start. Now what? Yeah. Right? So <laughs> that's where ChatGPT, I believe, comes in. But again, you can very easily automate yourself right out of a relationship if you rely on it to write your copy for you. And that's the whole point of what you and I are talking about in the last 30 plus minutes is relationships are everything. And in copy and in the way you produce copy, people can feel that. People can hear it in you. Um, And I don't know about you, but when I read a caption, a lot of times I can hear it. Like when you write a caption, I can hear Kyle Draper reading or saying that out loud because I have taken the time to have the relationship that I have with you. Um, So again, it comes back to real estate agents and mortgage professionals who are finding ways to make their lives easier. 
So like, oh, I can automate that. That'll make save me time and money, right? Oh, I don't have to hire somebody to help me with this because I'll just use right. this. It'll make it faster and save me money. But again, you can very easily over automate yourself right out of what your actual goal is, which will then do what? Cost you more money. Right. So I, I hear you saying that there you see a you see a role in it, but yep. for the person that tries to completely replace themselves with it, they're doing themselves more harm than good. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't think I can disagree with you. Um, we live in interesting times right now, <laughs> with with just everything going on in our industry and and the technology that's coming available. Um, it's 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 wild. I mean, it's a beautiful thing, right? It's like in theory, this is designed to do two of the biggest things that every human wants in their life, help them save time and save money. Um, And we all want to save time in our days. Uh, I'm a mom and you're a dad of multiple kids. Your wife's getting ready to have your third baby. Like freaking life is hard, dude. I mean, there's no way around that. And if I could have two extra hours a day to get more things done for work, that means two hours that I don't get to spend time with my kid. Right. And I'm not willing to give that up. So what I have to do is figure out, the time I do have, how do I make the best of my time? And how do I get the most out of that time? Right. And so in theory, oh, chat GPT or any Jasper AI or any of the things that are similar, right? Oh my gosh, this is it, Kyle. It's going to save me so much time. It's going to make it so much faster. But to me, it'll save me time writing copy, but it'll take me out of the copy. Right. Why? Right. Because yesterday yeah. my kid threw a tantrum in the middle of the kitchen. And all he wanted was mommy. And I didn't realize that blah, blah, blah needed to happen in order for that to get fixed. Right. So I have this experience in my mind and mind you, it was right in the middle of trying to get ready to get on a podcast. So I was like, well, hell, I had to like turn my brain back around from mommy save baby mode to now I have to be boss mom mode and get on this podcast and talk about what I really love doing. Right. How can chat GPT write me a, a caption about that? Yeah. Right. Because that's yeah. real version of me. That is my life. Right. Every single day is this yin and yang and pulling one direction and the other direction of I have nine employees. I have a husband. I have a baby. I, like I have shit to do. And sometimes that doesn't happen the way that it's supposed to. So when I go to write a caption, that right. caption has that energy in it. So good. So good. So, Michelle, as we wrap this up, I, I want you to take a minute. Tell people about like why they should go look at what you guys are doing through the Instagram power method. This answer has really evolved over the last three years. And I feel very, very confident in this statement. Everyone says they're different, but very few people truly show that they are different. And I believe that my team and I have truly shown that we are different over the last three years um, of the course being live. Now, why we are so relationship driven that when someone works with us, like truly our job is to make you feel like we hear you, we see you, and we want to truly change the entire trajectory of your business. So yes, it's Instagram. Yes, we're going to teach you how to leverage the power of Instagram. But like just this morning, I got a message on Instagram from one of our new course students who bought the course uh, not even a week ago. And she sends me a DM because I posted yesterday um, about 
the two greens that I'm going back and forth between for my new house that my husband and I are building, right? And she messaged me. She goes, seriously, I'm dying over this right now. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, this person is a client of mine. So I don't really need to spend the time talking to her, right? Like, sure. not that. like she already bought my course, moving on to the next person, right? That's what most people would probably do. Right. I use that as an opportunity to really love on this woman and say like, you know what? It's so crazy. I've been going back and forth on this decision for freaking weeks and I finally pulled the trigger. But when I sent the email to the builder, the, the builder agent lady, I was like kind of having heart palpitations because I was like, is it the right decision? Is it not? Um, and now we've been going back and forth for the last call at 12 hours uh, about the greens that I'm using in my bathrooms. And then about 8.30 this morning, she sends me a message asking me about VIP day, which you obviously know very much about Kyle, which yep. is in October this year for us in Nashville. Um, she goes, hey, she's like, hey, by the way, how much money do I need to save to come to your VIP day? And do you it. think she would have asked me that if I didn't take the time to have the conversation with her that I did, right? Probably not. Because she, she's already paid me the $3,000 to buy the course. Thank you, right? So yeah. most of us are transactional and that's the problem. Yeah. And we aren't that way. Whether you're a course student, whether you're a coaching client, whether you're a private VIP client, whether you're a vendor or a referral partner, like your relationship with us is for life. That's how we look at it, truly. I love it. And it's so... You know, a couple months ago, I got to be a part of your last VIP day and and meet a, a lot of your team for the very first time. And it's incredibly evident through your team how true that is. Because anybody can say what you just said, right? Like, that's easy to say. Yeah. But then you meet them and you're like, ooh, that's not the vibe I get. And um, your your team is the real deal. And so, guys, go check them out the instagram power method we'll have it linked in the show notes michelle how do they find you on instagram easiest way is just type my name in michelle berman michael and it'll come right up but berman media social is the instagram handle that you'll want to find dm me so, i answer all my own dms so go follow her go pay attention go start taking notes go pay her a bunch of your money <laughs> because it will benefit you in the growth of your business for a long long time michelle I appreciate you so much. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being who you are. It makes it easy. Oh, come on. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening or watching or reading this in Braille. I don't know how you're consuming this content, but thank you for doing so. If you're getting a lot out of it, please consider going wherever you listen and submit a review so that Spotify, Apple, and all those places know that this is good stuff and they need to push it to more people. We'll be back next week with another cool person with an even cooler story. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Mindset Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow and reach out to my guest. Also, please consider sharing and leaving a review wherever you consume this content because this is the world we live in and your review online for others to see is invaluable for the success of this show. And remember, you're amazing. Talk to you soon.